0: Why do I feel like I'm either crushing it or completely burnt out? How am I supposed to balance all the hats I'm wearing in my business without getting completely overwhelmed? Why does it seem like I can't stick to a plan for more than a week before falling off the wagon? How come when I make time to create, I feel so uninspired, but every time I have a pile of admin tasks to do, my focus gets derailed by all the ideas, all the distractions? If you have asked yourself any of these questions, I want to reintroduce you to your menstrual cycle, your untapped internal guidance system for making CEO decisions and taking big, bold, and consistent action in your business. My name is Brianna Villegas and I'm a certified menstrual cycle coach and I help entrepreneurs to understand the unique strengths of each phase of their menstrual cycle and to harness those strengths in their business so they can optimize their energy and productivity all month long. So each week, I'll be sharing education and inspiration to help you connect the dots between your unique cycle and the patterns, habits, and systems in your business. So get ready to ditch the pressures of the 24-hour clock and start embracing cyclical. Welcome to My Hormone Rants. Hey, welcome back. Today, we are talking about creativity, which I think is something that can feel really elusive at times. I know it does for me. Like, it can hit at any moment, but you don't know exactly when, right? You can also feel like it doesn't show up when you want it to. You know, and there's terms like writer's block, or just, you know, where's the inspiration? I need to get inspired. And so I think one of the ways that we try to for lack of a better word, kind of control our creativity is by trying to recreate the conditions that we were in the last time we had this spark of creativity. So we think about our physical space. We think about exactly where we were, what time of day, what we were wearing, what music was playing. We think about our environment and try and create sort of the perfect conditions and this can sometimes in and of itself be a block to doing creative work, especially in your business. If if you're like me and wouldn't really consider yourself to be kind of super creative or, or really fall in that category, this idea that you need these perfect conditions or it'll only show up if things are just so, it can be something that you push off. Like, oh, I'll think of new content ideas some other time, right? Because that, that feels too big or too much pressure. I know I feel this where it's like sometimes... Maybe you have created the perfect conditions. If you're a mom, maybe you've gotten a babysitter or maybe you've gone to your favorite coffee shop and you're set up just so, and then you're like, all right, go. Okay, now. Okay, start. Like when's it going to flow, right? And sometimes that pressure to be creative in and of itself can kind of block us from really relaxing into it and letting ideas just come. And some of this is true. Right, We need white space in our day, in our week, in our month for creativity to flow. When there are no pauses, when there are no breaks in time for new ideas and new perspectives to come up, to come through us, It it doesn't happen, right? We're not tuned into it. We're not paying attention to those glimmers and those sparks that may be present, but we're just so focused on getting a task done or getting through our day or getting on to the next thing that we miss it. So we definitely need to create this white space for ourselves, this, this open space. And there are studies that show that there are certain essential oils that help us to learn or concentrate or focus better there may be certain music that just puts you in the zone or in the vibe of creating like all of that stuff is meaningful. But I think a piece that we overlook in setting up these perfect conditions is setting up what were the internal conditions that were present when those sparks happen, when those moments of just ideas, ideas, ideas of inspiration. And so I think using the framework of cycle syncing can really help us to link in these internal conditions that are optimal for being creative because it's not just about creating physical space for creativity we also have to clear our mental space because when you have 10 million other things fighting for top billing in your mind when you go down to be creative it will be so much easier to do those things I think we also don't really value how much, you know, clearing our mental space, clearing our energy and these things create the psychological safety that we need to be creative. You Can't really tap into your most creative, highest potential when you're in freeze mode, when you're in fight or flight. Because in those moments, your body is primed to survive in order to tap into connection, inspiration, creativity. We need a regulated nervous system. We need those internal conditions to be right. So how do we actually go about getting white space on your calendar, built into your day, into your rhythm? I mean, the first part of it is to actually schedule it and block it off in your calendar. If you do not block it off, if you do not protect that space, you will fill it. I felt this way when I was in academia as well, but this theme is definitely present in running a business as well, where it's like the work that there is to do will fill the space of the container. It's a gas, okay? It will fill the space that you give it, which is why, you know, thinking about your calendar as creating like containers, mental containers for yourself of like okay I'm going to step into this space and this is my focus this is how much time it has and then I move on and then I transition to the next thing that needs to happen but protecting that and as you're blocking that on your calendar that's when you think about the physical environment that you want to set yourself up in to be primed to be creative do you need to leave your home or your office space or wherever it is that you typically work do you need to force yourself to stay in your home and not be surrounded by people and you know the potential of interactions and, and all of those things? What is it that you need in your physical space to be creative? What needs to be cleaned out? What's in the visual space that needs to be minimized for you to focus? What's happening in the auditory space? Do you need to get people other people outside of your home. I know that's a thing for me sometimes, like when I, you know, right now recording, I have to communicate that to the people in my home of like, all right, I need the kids out of this space. You know, I have to think about that of like, when is my space actually going to be quiet and creative or do I need to get out of here to get that, right? So creating that environment for yourself. This is also when to consider when are you putting it on your calendar? Are you blocking out the space to be super creative and it happens to be the week before your period? It, that's going to be a, a, a tough sell because your body is going to be throwing you all sorts of distractions of how this isn't just right and that doesn't feel good and this you know, is uncomfortable and all of those things. You're not primed to be the most creative then, so you could sit down and have everything the most perfect it could possibly be, and all you want to do is, like, escape into a book or a show. So again, understanding that where you place it on your calendar is then linked in what takes us into that internal conditions. And when we think about the phases at, like, the micro level, so within a single cycle, We often talk about follicular as the one where you're primed to be the most creative, okay? And this is in the typical sense, like, you want to feel inspired, you want to have ideas, you want to be excited about trying new things, open to possibilities, like, this is the time where it's going to be easiest to tap into that. And so we have to protect that energy. And sometimes I think that there can be resistance to that idea of, like, oh, I should be able to do whatever I want to do like in spite of my cycle or in spite of my period like it it I don't think it has to hold me back or it's like mind over matter type mentality and I just want to remind you that this is not unique to being a woman or to having a menstrual cycle this is the same for any anyone people who are on a 24-hour cycle primarily They have these like magic windows of like peak performance, peak clarity and cognitive function early in the morning. And if they quote unquote waste that morning time on other things, they can still be productive throughout their day. They can still be creative. They can still do things, but it's going to take a little bit more effort. It's going to be harder to tap into it. It's going to require more transition time in and out of tasks than if they sit down in those prime windows and let it flow okay so we're not talking about what is possible and not possible we're talking about optimal here and how do you think about with your schedule being intentional and strategic and also putting value on your time valuing that this is my prime window during this week to be creative so i want to make sure that i at least have one block of time And it can start with that of just like, let me just make sure there's one block of time where I put myself in a place to be creative and just just to think and explore ideas and just to allow whatever to happen to happen. And remove some of that pressure. Because I think the other thing that happens is we get into this block of time. Because you may have tried this before. Like, okay, here's my creativity block. It's free, it's open. And we kind of talked about the performance pressure that can come up. But part of the reason that that comes up as well is because... We are expecting, we are expecting to come up with like our next signature program or some big idea, some revolutionary thing that's going to change the trajectory of everything. But I think that what we're missing here is actually tuning in and being present in these white spaces to be open to any level of spark, any level of an idea. One thing I've heard a lot in kind of spaces talking about manifestation and particularly related to money is that like if you are setting these intentions, doing affirmations, manifesting in more money, but then any like little small amounts that come in aren't being celebrated. Or I've heard the example of like, but if you're, you know, stepping over change that you find on the street, that this is sort of sending contradictory energy into the universe right? That you're saying you want more, but it's, there's almost this qualification of like, well, it's only good enough if it's at this caliber. And I think we do this with our ideas as well. And with our creativity, that often we're judging the ideas that come in, which isn't actually fostering the environment and the safety for bigger and better ideas to flow. Because the reality is you don't have to use every idea. You don't have to use every idea right now, But those decisions on what qualifies as good idea, next idea, maybe someday in the future, or never, that's never happening, or that's just silly, that decision of categorization and editing is a separate container. That's a separate block of time. You want to create a space where whatever thought comes to you is worthy. It's good enough. You write it down. You collect it because you want to build this pattern for yourself That says that anything and everything is of value. And when that creative flow is undampened, unedited, you create space for the gold nuggets. And then as you start to create these different containers, you see how different phases in your cycle then contribute to the spark and that feeling of inspiration. And it becomes strategic, right? I'm getting these things done the week before my period so that I can go into my period and tap into that reflection and clarity on what my intention is for that follicular energy. What is the intention for this month? Where do I want to invite that creativity in my business? What is the intention? And then you have the actual white space blocked out on your calendar to step in with your intention and just opening yourself up to the creativity, allowing yourself to channel it. And then it doesn't feel like this elusive thing that's just kind of out there and it, it like lightning, like it'll strike when it wants to. No, it's strategic. You're setting yourself up and you're priming yourself to tap into these energies when they're most accessible. And this idea of seeing it as something that is strategic and has some kind of structure or framework to it kind of leads into this next idea of I think so often we have too narrow of a definition of creativity. So I grew up, um, in a home with some pretty creative people. My mom and dad are both very creative. My mom is, would say that she's an artist. Um, my dad would not claim that title, but very creative and in different ways. She's very like detail oriented, does drawings and paintings that are very realistic. My dad is more abstract in his approach. And then I had, um, I have a brother who is creative, like my dad, where it's like, he wouldn't own that. He wouldn't call himself that. But, um, especially as a kid, like he used to draw a lot and and do a lot of things in that capacity. But then my, and my youngest brother is, um, a dancer and you can just tell like his creativity, it just like oozes off of him in his, the way he dresses in his physical expression, the way he moves his body, all of it. Like, He's very typical, you know, creative. And then there's me, my sister, my other brother, um, who would not consider ourselves (laughs) to be artistic, creative types. And for a really long time, I would say that a lot, like, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. And because I wasn't creative like my mom. But I've kind of learned to broaden that idea of, like, I am creative, um, but in, you know, my own different way. And for me, my creativity works best like within a framework, within some sort of like prompt or parameters as opposed to open, which as I say, that is much more like how my mom's creativity expresses uh, itself. I just don't do it in visual mediums. Um, I Yeah, I'm not a very visual person, but writing words, systems like breaking things down in a way that makes sense to someone specifically for them how they'll understand it research feels like a creative process to me from ideation of like what question do i want to answer what do we already know where's the gap how could we go about filling this gap answering this question and then also like, how do we tie this into what we already know? So it's not just like in this one specific instance, this one thing happened, but actually what does this tell us about the broader context? How do we then make this applicable and, and meaningful? And I share that because I think when we, we focus on the word creativity and that has connotations of like inspiration and a spark and the ideation phase the excitement phase of things. And that's why I think we often put creativity as like a keyword for follicular because it's that energetic excitement, inspiration, connection. But if we really link creativity back to this concept of creation, creation is a much broader process. And as women, we're literally designed to create and birth new things into the world. And that is a superpower. That is incredible. So this is where tapping into the feminine can be so incredibly valuable to inform creativity and creation as a broader process. So what does this look like and what does this mean for your business? You can use this understanding of your different internal seasons, of the phases that you're in, to inform how you navigate seasons in business. You can even use them to inform life cycles of specific projects. For example, as I'm creating this first round, uh, beta round of my group program, I know that the project is in its spring. So I'm feeling a lot of excitement and possibility around that. And honestly, I'm really reveling in it. I'm enjoying it. I'm building it. I'm recording these podcasts ahead of when they're going to be released. So like at this current moment, I am like reveling in this excitement around what it's going to be, but I haven't actually invited many people into it yet. I haven't talked about it with that many people, right? I haven't invited too many people into this because I'm protecting that energy and that excitement because I know that this excitement and this energy that I feel is what I'm going to need to follow through. Because the idea part, at least for me, it's like the idea and the outcome are like the fun, exciting parts. But there's a lot of realistic, practical things that have to happen between A and B to actually get to B. And so I'm aware that this energy that I have, it's not full bloom summer, right? It's not, so in this particular example, like, Launching is more of that full bloom summer where I want to bring full force of that energy and excitement that I have, but then invite people into that. But I'm still working out some of the details, right? I'm still in that ideation creation phase, and I want to continue to nurture that energy to be ready to bring it forth into the world and be prepared for whatever outcome there is with that whether it meets or surpasses my expectations or doesn't. And so I take cues from my inner spring, that follicular phase where there is that excitement and everything, but I'm not trying to invite too many editing voices in. I'm being intentional and strategic about how I'm inviting people to provide feedback at this stage. And I think this is really a meaningful thing, definitely meaningful for me, because for A long time, and it's definitely something that I'm still sort of stretching my capacity in, is inviting people into the process. I prefer my default state is to like create something, make sure it's exactly how I want it, that I'm proud of it, it's perfect, dot the I's, cross the T's, and then present it and be like, I made a thing. But that doesn't serve you as well as inviting input, inviting feedback, and It doesn't serve you as well as listening to you of like, what do you want? How will this best serve you? But as we take cues from these inner seasons, we can inform how we put boundaries on inviting that feedback in. What questions are we actually asking so that the feedback that we're getting is something that is helpful and constructive? As opposed to squashing an idea and the enthusiasm and excitement before it's even had a chance to develop into something good. So that's sort of the way that I see that informing a life cycle of a specific project. I also love sort of the flexibility in this because it's like you may not yet feel that maybe connected to those inner seasons. And if you don't really feel that connection there, you can also look to other seasons in your life to help you tap into them. You can look towards seasons of the year, right? That's where, you know, these, the idea of calling them inner spring and summer, and fall, winter, etc., cetera, come from patterns that we see in the natural world, differences that we see across different, um, different seasons, but maybe you're very much like grounded in the analytical and like business cycle side of things. Where do you see seasons and cycles present in the work that you're already doing? And you can actually use that, the connection to those cycles, to help you tap into your own. It works both ways because we're dynamic and creative people who can learn and make connections in fun and unique ways. And so the idea here is that you can expand your idea of creativity to a broader process of creation and within that idea you can use your own cycle to inform actions on a micro level week to week month to month but can also inform the support you provide yourselves uh informed decisions that you make across those life cycles in your business as well before i wrap up There's just something as I was outlining this episode and planning to bring it to you that just kept coming up for me because I think something that gets in a way a lot of times of our most creative self and creating new things and all this stuff is procrastination. And we're like, oh, if we could just do it, like just do it. It's not that hard. It's not that big of a deal. And we rationalize it. But I want you to really think about this today, that procrastination is not a character flaw. It's not. It's not a character flaw. It is a messenger. Procrastination is a signal to you that something doesn't feel safe in some way. That you don't feel supported enough in enough ways in in some capacity to step into action in that area. And this is where raising your awareness, raising your consciousness around when you're falling into procrastination patterns, what you're telling yourself it means about you can be so incredibly valuable. And again, that goes back to last week's episode on like motivation in these energy leaks when we're spending our energy fighting our procrastination, fighting what we're primed to do, fighting ourselves. As opposed to actually being curious around it. Curiosity is an incredibly powerful tool to tap into healing, to tap into creativity. And when we can get curious around what is blocking us, why we're procrastinating, why something feels too hard, we can actually do something about it. As opposed to it building and growing in our minds as this insurmountable task or problem. So the sooner you can get past the idea that procrastination says something about who you are, rather than it being a valuable insight into what your body needs to feel safe, what limiting beliefs you're still holding on to, the sooner you can clear up space for you to take easeful, uncomplicated action in your business, in your next step, in creating, the sooner you'll clear up the space for you to take more easeful, uncomplicated actions. And if you're looking to start to create the space on your calendar to create both the physical and internal conditions to start to optimize motivation and creativity. I have an incredible free resource for you called the Entrepreneur's Guide to the Menstrual Cycle. And this is a quick start guide to help you optimize your productivity and make your cycle work for you and for your business. You can find the link in the show notes or go to briannavegas.com forward slash quick start to grab your copy. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen, and be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to briannaviegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching.